Back in the 70s, board games and improv theater had a baby, and it was called the role-playing game. These games allowed a generation of kids to live out their dreams of slaying dragons and saving kingdoms, all while sitting in their bedrooms and basements. Today, gaming has moved into the cultural mainstream, and role-playing games are back with a vengeance. Join us now as five of these former kids come out of the basement and onto the internet to experience adventure, mystery, and obscure pop culture references. It's time for Roll for Combat. Hey there, welcome to Roll for Combat. I'm your host and GM, Steven Glicker. So we have a pretty crazy show, so I'll try to get through these show notes really quickly. First, I just wanted to mention that the audio in this version, for some reason, isn't quite as good as some of the others. We've actually been having issues with Discord. That's what we use to record the show. And we're going to be switching over to a different format. Discord, at first, was one of the better ones, but for some reason, it's been having issues. I've been noticing that also when I've been playing some of my games, it sometimes drops in and out, and the quality sort of goes up and down. So anyhow, I just wanted to mention that we're still fooling around with this, because recording five to six people simultaneously over the internet is actually very tricky and while getting fairly good sound quality. So we actually have a new solution that I'm pretty excited about that can be implemented fairly soon. In addition, I asked last week if you had any questions and someone wrote me a really good one. So Caleb wrote to me, I loved your analysis of level one adventures. I am curious what you would rank as the worst design level one adventures you have encountered and actually played. What qualities do you see that make a bad module or adventure path? There's a lot of level 1 adventures that are mediocre. There's tons of those, and there's a lot of high-level adventures that are quite bad. But level 1 bad adventures? I can only really think of two, and one is going to be not that big a deal, and one's going to be incredibly controversial. The first one I would say is Keep on the Borderlands. Keep on the Borderlands is beloved by everyone. It came with the original Dungeons & Dragons set. It actually was the first adventure most people play. But I remember even as a kid when I got this that I read it and I thought it kind of was a disorganized mess. And looking back at it, it was. I think a lot of people look at it and they like it because it was the first adventure they played, so they look at it with rose-colored glasses. But if you look at it today, it's kind of just a whole bunch of set pieces thrown together all over the place, and it doesn't really have a coherent story. And that's saying a lot, because level 1 adventures back then were already a disorganized mess, and I think this is even more disorganized than usual. It's not necessarily a terrible adventure, it's just sort of there, and it doesn't really hold up to today's adventures. My next choice is going to be very controversial, because this is perhaps the most beloved adventure path of all time. It's Kingmaker Part 1, Stolen Land. Now, people are probably up in arms saying, what the hell am I talking about? Well, I'm going to explain why, and this actually answers the question of what makes a bad modular adventure path. Kingmaker is a fantastic adventure path. It's a genius idea. It's very unique where you basically have a party, you have a huge hex grid, and you just sort of have to take over the hexes one at a time and build the kingdom. So the adventures themselves are modular and sort of can go in almost any order and you can just have lots of mini adventures. Now when you're mid to high level that works out well because by the time you're mid to high level You have an overarching story, and you sort of have what I like to call short-term, mid-term, and long-term goals. All the best adventure paths have that, where you have a mixture of goals, sort of like the larger long-term goal is what you're going after, then you have mid-term goal, which might be what you're trying to do by the end of that adventure booklet, and then short-term goals, which are like little adventures you go within to get to the mid and the long-term goals. The problem is this is a level one adventure and when you're level one you're very weak and you're just sort of given this whole big world and you can go in any direction and it's just like lots of little vignettes and set pieces with nothing holding it together and my party had a lot of problems with that as adventures and the mini adventures they were quite a bit of fun however the pieces just didn't add up to a whole if that makes sense and it's the only adventure i could ever say that by the end of it Not only did half the characters die, and they basically kind of suicided their characters, I actually lost two friends over this adventure. 
That's how angry they were about this adventure path. I really can't say too many other times in my life that I've actually lost friends to playing Pathfinder, but this is one of those rare occasions where I can say that, and it still kind of saddens me to this day. I Again, I thought it was a genius idea, and some of the later adventure paths are fantastic, but as a level 1 adventure, I think it needs to be a little bit more on the rails and a little bit more linear to sort of get the characters going. They need to have sort of a purpose and a goal and somewhere they need to go. And the problem is this sort of just throws them into the deep end of the ocean and just says, there you go, and you have to figure it on your own. And it's hard to even try to steer it as a GM and even put them on the rails because the nature of the venture is you can go in any direction you want. And unless you push them exactly where you want them to go, it's very difficult to do that and then it feels forced. I just feel as a level one adventure, it was a little bit too ambitious for what it was trying to do. The concept works great later levels, but level one, you almost need it a little bit on the rails. You need to give the characters clear direction, clear path, clear story, clear idea of what they need to do so they can band together and all have the same goals in mind. And by having it open-ended at the very beginning and having it continue that way, it sort of had a lot of people wandering in different directions, caused a lot of infighting, it caused a lot of issues with the party. I find, in my experience, that having level 1 adventures that are very clean-cut, almost on the rails, work better. Finally, they asked what makes a good adventure path. What makes a good adventure path, and this actually started with Iron Gods, what I said is you need lots of like little goals. What they did with Iron Gods, and they're starting to do with the later ones, is they almost made the adventure paths like a trilogy. There's six books to an adventure path, and what they did is they made books one and two kind of its own story, then books three and four, and five and six. Some of the older adventure paths, there was just one main story, and to get from book one to six on one massive story can take you like two to three years, and it just loses steam. But by making them smaller, by making them have books one and two, three and four and five and six be kind of a trilogy so they're like mini adventures within an overarching storyline it was much much better run in fact i think iron gods is one of the best organized and designed adventure paths they've ever created it's really really well made it has a lot of variety it's a lot of fun and it also is extremely unique and that it took place in numeria which ironically is very similar to starfinder so with that, let's get to the show. Again, if you have any questions, feel free to write us here and we'll answer them. And then don't forget at the end of the show, we're going to be giving out another $25 gift certificate to another lucky winner. And then we're doing something a little different at the end of the show. So with that, let's get to Roll for Combat. So let's see, last we left off, Hiroji was sneaking into the club. He is disarmed. And you are checking out the Fusion Queen, which is the Downside King's headquarters, from what you know. And you've walked in. Let's see what you see as you walk into the nightclub. Like the music stops and they all turn and stare at me. Chris Beamer is playing the Lashunta operative, Hiroji. Do they have record scratches in this universe? Jason McDonald is playing the Yasoki mechanic, Tuttle Blacktail, and his drone, Cheddar. Dimly lit interior of the nightclub is filled with the press of sweaty bodies, a haze of smoke, and the pounding beat and undulating vocals and bang-rocking music blaring from the main stage in the northeast corner of the room. A sinuous bar winds around the northwest corner, offering a variety of drinks and drugs for purchase. Wow, drugs. Yep. Booths line the south wall of the club, facing the main stage of the northeast corner of the crowded dance floor beneath it. Gyrating dancers stand on top of four smaller stages scattered around the club, one behind the bar, one in the center of the room, and two flanking the main stage. Wide double doors marked staff only exit the room to the west. In addition to your direct west is the coat check area, and you see a woman there asking if you would like to check your coat. Here, hold on just a second. Thank you. Sorry, I need to set the mood. No, that's okay. I prefer to leave it on. She's like, okay. So again, this appears to be quite a busy and packed nightclub, especially for three in the morning. There's probably a good 
50 plus people here. I didn't put them all on the map because I don't want to go too crazy, but there's people everywhere. People at the bar, people working behind the bar. There's the stage. There's gyrating dancers up in like go-go booths. There appears to be, you know, well, it's a bar, a dance club bar. There you go. It's the limelight. Yep. Wow. Okay. Do I see any, any guards from here? No, you definitely don't see any guards. You see like people who are waiting tables and actually working here, but in the sense that gang members slash guards or bouncers, if you will, nothing that you can see out of the ordinary. You might have to do like a little bit of detective work, but from what you can see, there's no one sitting there with like big guard words on their chest or right. And they're not no one carrying like a rifle, like standing in front of a door. No, nothing like like that. that. Okay. All right, well, I'm going to do a full circuit of the entire room. Okay. As you can see, there's a wide mix of races dancing, enjoying themselves, people drinking, taking strange drugs. It is a party atmosphere. We're, I will go get a drink. Let's see. Is that, is that like a bar? I oh, know the bar's over here. Yeah, the bar is to the northwest. I order a beverage here. Sure. I sit next to this person. The blood wine, quite popular. The blue milk, of course, pan galactic gargle blaster. Those appear to be quite popular. Do they have the Maloko Velo set or Synth Mask? Uh, sure. She knows. She knows how to make anything. <laughs> the bartender can make or the Dren Dren Crumb. I'll take a Maloko Velo set and uh, enjoy that. Um, okay. So, hey, you come here often? Who are you talking to? The woman next to you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got roll game. that diplomacy, baby. <laughs> can, I, can I roll a bluff instead? Sure. What are you trying to bluff? <laughs> trying to bluff if you come here? Bluff that I'm. That I'm He's pretending to be suave. He wants yeah. to know if he. You know, <laughs> you you left your mic, you left your commune open, so everyone's going to hear this. I better do a good job. Yeah, now. Share it. We're recording it. Are you kidding? Bob Marquis is playing the human envoy, Rusty Carter. Yeah, there's noise in the hall right now. <laughs> John Stats is playing the Vesk soldier, Mo Dupinski. I think you guys are doing like a live stream. All right, so this is actually plus one to this roll. Not bad. So that's a 15. So do we just, we just incepted the podcast. We got the podcast within the podcast. Whoa. Oh, play within a play, Whoa. man. Whoa. I'm spinning a top right now. Mind equal blown. Whoa. Uh, 15 is pretty good. She seems like, you know, she's like a little out of it. She definitely appears to be a little drunk. And she's just, you know, flirting with you a little bit. Sort of asking you what you're doing here. If you want to dance, you want to buy her a drink. Yeah, I'll buy you a drink. Wow, okay. You know, the drinks here are pretty expensive, so... Uh-oh. Oh yeah! Oh wait a minute! Stand by for drink purchase. I mean, the first drink you ordered—that was ten credits right there. So, oh my God, really? Love it! Right, that's so two. Ten, that's that's ten two. credits. All right, what's the math on that? So that uh, how much does that come out to each? That's two, four, six. That's two credits each. Oh, she's not going with a ten-credit drink. No, she I'm talking about. Yeah, there's an, We have an open mic, so you guys just divide whatever I spend by five. So. <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah, I don't know about that. You decided. To Wait, does Cheddar have to pay a share? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Damn right. He's like a slot machine on wheels. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Okay. Well, she of course orders like you know one of the more expensive exotic drinks that has like rainbows and sparkles going in with like fruit and everything. And then do you order something else? Uh, no. That's, uh, that's 25 <laughs> oh, credits that's right there for that drink. <laughs> okay. Well, one of these days I'll have money. So 35 credits, uh, gone. Two drinks. Great. Hey, man. So, like, 25 credits, you could buy, like, you know, some lethal weaponry for five drinks. Pretty much. Yeah, but you know what? This is, this is more fun. You, have you been, you've been to... Yeah, a, you're paying for it, so I hope you've been you're to a fun. club before, right? You, you know how expensive Yeah. Are. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 of course. It's insane. Yeah, he's like counting his his little one dollar bills as he's paying. One dollar bill at a time. Okay, there's fifteen. There's oh, he has like one of those little coin purses that you you actually have to squeeze, and he's taking out little like one penny, <laughs> two penny. It's like an old woman. Yeah, I, I, I'm poor, but one day I should be rich. Okay, well, yeah, I chit chat with her, just trying to get the the uh, the down low. So oh, this is a nice club. It's the first time I've been here. I know that I think that these uh, upside down 
kings. They're not such bad people. They got a bad reputation. I think this place is she's awesome. She's like, upside down kings. They're, she's like. For the downside. I don't know. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, that's 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 gang stuff. We, I have nothing to do with that. I, what are you talking about, man? She's like very confused. Yeah. Well, that's good. So, they, so it's not like commonly known, I guess. Okay. All right. And this, you're saying this door to the west says staff only, right? Yes. Double doors to the west and say staff only. What time does this place close? Do you know? It never closes. She's not aware that it does close. It appears to be. She's like, uh, closing? I don't know. I've never seen it closed. That's like New Orleans. <laughs> Nothing closes. I couldn't believe it. It's shocking. It's like the Overlook Hotel. Yeah, exactly. You've always been here, sir. It's like uh, Las Vegas, I Hotel California. Um, okay, so to the north here, where the circle is, does it keep going up to the north, or is it just that's a wall? It goes a little bit more to the north, but it's uh, just a wall. Like, yeah, there's like a little bit more to this stage and stuff, but for all intents and purposes, that's like out of bounds. It's just not part of this. So I, I now wish I had sleight of hand skill. I, I could just like create a diversion. But um, like, pay for another drink. Yeah, like steal, like pickpocket everyone here. You need to buy drinks for everyone else in this bar. No, I'm completely broke now, pretty much. I have like less than 50 credits left. You have 48 credits. Exactly. Well, I just, yeah, chit chat for a little while. Um, it seems to me just from that is that this is not commonly known that this is a this is a gang uh, front. So I'm going to try and be slick. Okay. Yeah. From what you can tell by chit chatting her, sort of buying her drink and listening to her, her drunken rambling that she has no idea what you're talking about so i want to try and be stealthy in that you know like it's kind of dark it's kind of loud like i'm kind of looking around and being aware of of who's watching what and like try and find a moment where i could actually sneak into these doors over here to the west really yeah uh sure you can do that i'm gonna try okay i just want to sort i just want to sort of like like pop in and just sort of okay like sort of actually not even like yeah just sort of pop in and be like five feet on the other side just briefly okay you could uh here okay give me your stealth check i was gonna wonder what our techno techno mage is gonna be like yeah exactly all right let me roll on. so i'm just asking for the hell of it but uh mo what was your plan for looting all of hiroji's stuff when he dies well he doesn't have any money so equipment yeah i oh he's got those uh those healing packs. Healing packs. I got laser yeah. pistol. I got knife. I got lots of good stuff. Right. Can we sell like his antenna? Is there anybody who like you know uses those as trophies? Ooh, he's he's he's. Ooh, he's. Hey, he's I've already got his weapons. Making so. progress here. Oh, good point. <laughs> Actually, you already yeah, got the weapon. True. We just have to get through a tunnel here. So you open up the doors. You sneak in. You sort of like sort of sneak in when you think no one's looking. You do a real good job. As soon as you get into this room. Here's to be a very large storeroom filled with supplies for the bar. There's bottles of hard alcohol, kegs of beer, boxes of food, recreational stimulants. Um, there appears to be some amplifiers, musical instruments, costumes for the club's entertainers. You quickly see a door to the north and you see three very large burly men playing cards. As soon as they see you, they say, hey, hey, hey. Get out of here. Didn't you read the sign? And they immediately stand up and grab weapons. Oh, whoa, sorry. I thought this was the restroom. Hey, man, learn to read. Get out. Sorry, I'm drunk. I get out. Are they playing Fizbin? <laughs> you couldn't quite get a ch- take a look. Uh, I could sit there and teach them how to play Royal Fizbin. You did a good, pretty good job. You're able to, uh, yeah, you entered that room. It appears to be a supply room. Three guys playing cards with weapons, and you lived. So, and did they? Did they appear to have like? Do they? Are they wearing outwardly gang signs or emblems on their? Were they nothing, wearing like you no. know the, the logo? Nothing no. like that. Okay. Did you notice off top of your head? Like you didn't notice like the king symbol or anything like that. But these guys compared to but this way, everyone else in the club appears to belong here in the sense that they're all wearing, you know, club outfits and clubbers, right. and you know, going to town. These guys looked pretty rough. Right. Okay. So they're they're guards. Okay. And there's a door to the north in there. Okay, good. All right. So I'm ready to leave then. Okay. So you can leave. Yes. Yeah. I go back. I, go, uh, I sort of stagger out and go around the corner and go, to, go find my buddies. Okay. 
and I and you guys heard all that probably. I, I, I give you more detail. Yeah. We, so it looks we, like you know. I mean, I, I I couldn't really go any further, but I mean, there is a door to the north. Like, you know, we could we could roll the dice. Literally. Well. Yeah, we would want to actually go in. We would want to get in there and slam it behind us. We don't want the crowd to see or hear, right? Well, I mean, you know, uh, Moe's plan of of the bums rush, you know, like eliminate these guards out here and just sort of barge in weapons blazing and go in there and just take care of business. Right. That's, I'm still sticking to that plan. Uh, Having a lay of the land is, it's actually both plans. Both plans really work. I like it. I like uh, taking these two guards out. I still only see one on my map, but um, I like to just take the guards out and just give the bumps reps. Did you get an impression that these doors, the double doors for the staff only, was that something that was lockable? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I'm guessing not. Maybe like I, I sort of envisioned swinging doors, but I could be wrong. Like they were swinging doors, and but you know, I mean. You could probably, they swung both ways, uh, like restaurant doors, exactly. I mean, it's a bunch of drug addicts and, and drunks in there, and it's very dark and very loud. And I did a full walkthrough of the whole place, and there was no other guards in the in the main area. So I think it was just that room. I don't think we have to worry too much about anyone coming from behind, you know? like if we And if we go fast enough... We can take care of business quickly. Yeah, I want to break. Yeah, that sounds good. Just two encounters. Just boom, boom. Just ask, uh, in Vesk military school, are there any other classes besides run up to them, attack? (laughs) Hey, you know what? Much like the Lashunta, we're warrior race, and we know what we're doing. So leave it to the warriors. And you came up with the plan of run up to them and attack? Yes. Okay, well, we have two military geniuses who've worked out this plan. I have no other questions. I think that's where we're going. There it is. I mean, I'm thinking about, like, you know, we'll see how it goes, because if we're... We'll have to see how it goes. But remember, does anyone else have grenades? No grenades. I think I have one or two. This is not it's, a grenade situation. It's possible that there's some. Every situation is a grenade situation. This is true. You, I am corrected. I stand corrected. That is true. <laughs> I mean, throw a grenade and pop to these three guys. That can be quite nice. Well, since you mentioned that, and I'm not, you know, like, you know, trying to actually make any points, possibly a, a smoke grenade might be useful as far as crowd control. Oh, I didn't. I don't even have one of those. As it happens, I do. Oh, nice. Yeah, you could like pop one in the club and just create a because there's going to be some chaos going they'll on. Probably uh, like twenty it. foot club. They'll probably really dig it. Actually, I think it's a special effect. Yeah. It's the uh, fog machine. Do you have a foam grenade at all? I do not. I have a frag grenade and I smoke grenade, and that's it. I have kind of a crazy idea. Oh boy, let's hear it. Is it better than charge forward and attack them? Could I get the smoke grenade into the club in my cheek pouches? Set it off in the clubs, so that set it off in the clubs, so they think there's like a fire and evacuate. And during the confusion, then we can go in. If we have to take out the guards out front, we can. But maybe we can even just sneak past them in the in the confusion. I love this plan. No, that's a good idea. The only thing I don't know is how well they how the how well these guys at the door know the Isoki physiology and would know to check cheek pouches. That's that's the big risk. They probably know it. They probably know it. You're a major race. Uh, it depends on which cheek pouch you're actually going to put that grenade in. <laughs> I don't think they want to search either one. Yeah, there's one cheek pouch they might not want to do. Really? We're going there? <laughs> well, I'm already there. I'm waiting for you guys to just come on in. I'm running past there. I'm hoping to, to, to bypass there. Uh, there's the old concept of you pack something else in your cheek pouches, so that's the first thing that they reach in and grab, so to speak. That's unpleasant. Steve, you were muffled. You had said something. What, what did you say? You all have cheek pouches. <laughs> Steve, Steve was continuing to keep this conversation in the gutter where it yeah, he likes it. Yeah, there. Good. Um, I'm happy with, I like Tuttle's idea. Uh, the smoke grenade. I mean, and we lose a smoke grenade. That's the thing. You know, how much are those not things? That expensive. Don't and if I get it. caught, if I get caught, you know, uh, I get punched for a round or two. And then we come to your rescue. But you guys got better be ready to help me out. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. We're, we're going to come help you. Yeah, we'll actually be able to see you. If they stop you at the front door, we'll just give them the bums rush. You know, we can only be, we could be like 20 paces behind. You know, it's not that bad. 
The only other thing is I'll have, now I'll flip around. I'll have to give up my gun to somebody else, and then at some point yeah, somebody will actually, have to get it back to me. And what about your robot? Oh, the robot will have to stay outside until this all gets moving. Well, or the robot holds the gun and just follows us. Does the robot have a dance program? <laughs> Not yet. That's the, I, I think I get that at like level eight or nine. That's a, that's a, that's a more advanced technique. So, give me um, the gist of your plan, Jason. My 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 current plan is I put a smoke grenade in my cheek pouch. I try to get into the club with the grenade. And then if that works and I get in, I find a place like in the corner of the, you know, in the corner of the club to set it off and start yelling fire, which will hopefully make the club evacuate. While that's going on, then everyone else can kind of either take out the guards or just kind of sneak in during the confusion. That's what I'm thinking. I love it, but um, don't take, I'm biased. You know, I think everything's a good idea. I like the bum rush idea. I like the smoke grenade idea. I like, you know, hiding things in your cheek pouches. Everything's good. Uh, I, I like a combination of all this because also, well, let's be honest, we're going to be bums rushing the guards anyway, but now there will be a billowing cloud of smoke blocking all of the innocents from seeing us killing the guards and possibly panicking. And it also helps get the innocents out of the club. That's true. And it couldn't draw the guards into the club. Yeah, we don't want to see what's going on. Yeah, we don't want offsite guards actually reporting. I mean, this is an entire gang. Like, if I assume they all have communicators, you know. Yeah, that's pretty common, right? Because honestly, if we we took it, if we can just, I I do like the diversion, but I don't want to alert more guards to this. But by that theory, if they've got a communicator anywhere in here, they can call for reinforcements. At some point, we're just going to have to... Well, I'm also thinking of the shape of the entrance. I'm putting down a 20-foot range little symbol on the map, if Steve will allow it. And it does appear to cover basically the whole entryway and the side tunnel that goes to our target, blocking that view from, well, the club. Yeah, but that would be the wrong place to play. You You don't want to put it... Next to the exit, and we have to run through it. We want to put it by the doors and like, like maybe four squares higher, so that the the innocents can get out of the club, while we can just kind of. So you're saying like that? I'm putting down another one. You're basically trying to block the. Yeah, if I was going to do my diversion plan, I was actually going to do it out in the room somewhere. Well, I like the idea of blocking the view of us going into the gang's room. Yeah, the second one does. Does both. The second one's good. All right, I like it. I think we're we're How we have an exciting close adventure. Can I get to the front door being stealthed without being seen? They can see you. I mean, but anyway, this is a wide open corridor. Like, there's no other people here. Um, it's not like there's no cover, and there's just, it's not it's not like pitch it's black. Not pitch or black. Anything. It's okay. I mean, there's some neon signs. I put it this way: you can probably get pretty close. You know, within like 10, 15, 20 feet. Before they, you know, you can like kind of quote hide in the shadows, but you're not like going right up to them, you know. It, right. That's what I want to do. I just want to sort of have a, a lo- like a place where I can sort of sit there leaning against the wall, smoke a cigarette. Exactly. Like if you want to be nonchalant, you can almost hide in plain sight by right. just sort of like right. you know leaning against the wall, making yourself nondescript. Exactly. Play around with your comic communicator, like you're calling somebody, right, right. Yeah. like texting and looking at my phone, like everyone, whatever the like, equivalent of texting is, yeah, <laughs> like people do. All right, so. All right, so what are we doing? Are we going to do the straight bums rush, or are you going to let? Or are we going to do the? I go in and try I to like create the, a. Well, let's do the grenade. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so first things first. I pull out a smoke grenade. I give it to our, our mousy friend, and I say that will be forty credits. <laughs> do you really? <laughs> well, I mentioned that it cost me forty credits. I'll pay you back if I live. Put it on the ledger. Excellent. Good to know. I'm making a note of that. Um, who do you, who's going to hold? Your if weapon? I die, you can sell cheddar to get your forty credits back. <laughs> All right. That make look. That's good. That's going to be worth more. I got dibs of... on cheddar. I got dibs on cheddar already. Already. Also, someone needs, to, someone needs to hold my gun because if yeah. the whole do, don't come on you know, come unarmed, I can't have a gun. So. I'll hold the gun. Mo, okay. Mo will, Mo's got. I can hide it behind my back. One thing you can do is anyone who has the disguise skill can try to help like put the grenade in his mouth and sort of like hide it in the folds of his cheeks or more like a sleight of hand probably no right? it's disguise no. 
my well, time sleight of hand is sleight of hand is for hiding stuff on on, a, on your body. Like rusty, that is, that's a charisma modifier. Rusty doesn't matter. I have neither it, one. It, well, you know, I like disguise because it's a higher roll. I have a higher number. Yeah, rusty. I'm going to say it's disguise only because you're literally trying to disguise the grenade. Sorry, go ahead, John. What I was saying, it's a charisma. Uh, you, you don't have to have. You don't have to put a point to. Uh, to, to, to do it, so Rusty's our man. So, uh, I have a plus eight, it is trained, could you please assist me? Everyone. Everyone's going to be putting their mouth, their hands in uh, Tuttle's mouth. We're trying not to think about it exactly. I don't know if you could really assist. I guess you could assist with trying to disguise the grenade itself in color and, uh, I don't know, trying to make it look less like a grenade. This part, this this episode's go to a dark place. <laughs> All right, everybody, make your assist rolls if you're going to, because I'm ready to make my roll. Oh, a 19 assist, nice. Mo Mo gives you a 19, untrained. Actually, um, okay. And uh, Rusty, are you going to try to put it into his cheek pouch? Yeah. So I am rolling. Great. Uh, and there's so you a, get a plus four. So that's a plus four. Jason is, of course, the actual victim. I mean, I'm sorry, the target. And I'm rolling. With the plus four, that is a disguise of 21. 21. So you guys come up with a pretty good idea. You get some wad, and you sort of put it around the grenade. And you, first of all, he can put it in your cheek pouch. Second of all, if they do detect it, you can just say that it's your chewing tobacco. Chewing some tobacco. Yeah. Exactly. And then maybe you packed it around it tight enough that they probably couldn't even feel the grenade inside of it, that it just feels like a big wad of goo. What you made the chewing tobacco out of, you don't want to know, but you figured something out. Ain't no grades in here, young whippersnapper. Spit, do a little spit on their shoes. <laughs> Get that mouse out there. All right. Let's give this, let's give this a shot. Cheddar's going to hang out with us. Yes, Cheddar will stay with you guys because I have the da- I have the data pad to control him, and once this gets going, I can just summon him. And I'll position myself leaning against the wall here, doing the nonchalant thing. Yeah, if this plan goes to hell, I would like at least one of you able to get to me fairly quickly. <laughs> Preferably Mo, I would imagine. Yeah, Mo's hoping it goes to hell, <laughs> and that's great. Yeah, you guys are all hanging around. It's a corridor; no one's really noticing anything. Tuttle walks up. The two guards look at you. They're nasty. They say, "No weapons allowed." You have anything? I'm a I'm a scientist. I I don't travel armed. <laughs> I, I'm talking like the teacher in Peanuts. I'm Miss Austin. <laughs> they say, "All right, pat down." So they ask you to put your arms up, and they do like a pat down of you. And I I comply because they're much bigger than me. Wow, that's a bad roll on my end. They pat you down, and they do pat your cheeks. What, three? They rolled a three. I was going to say, with a three, I probably could have gotten my gun in. But um, I guess they're just tired or lazy, but they don't seem to notice the uh, grenade in your mouth. So they're like, all right, go on in. Cheek pouches for the win. All right, I head on in. Yeah, you go into the club. It's exactly as described before. It's loud, it's smoky, it's people dancing all over the place. It's a club. So, what do you do? All right, well, I'm assuming my smoke will be different and denser than the smoke that's, like, ambient smoke in the club. But uh, So I'm going to trickle over toward this, like, table here, but not all the way over. Okay. Where I'm standing is where I will sort of discreetly take the grenade out and kind of roll it down, you know, pull the pin and roll it down my leg and then walk away from it a little bit. Oh, boy. Like like the great escape when they put the dirt down their leg. <laughs> That's the bridge over the river Kwai. Yep, sorry. It's the other one. And I will go south up onto this, like, upraised dance floor area if you need me to say where I'm going to go after I drop it. All right. Are we ready? Are you going there? Are you dropping the grenade? Are you setting yep. it off? And then, of course, when it goes off, I'll also kind of help add to the ambiance with fire, fire. I have my, my gun is drawn, actually. I'm at my side. Okie dokie. Well, you... Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, wait. No, no, I was wondering if I could have drawn my weapon. Oh, of course. So that's what I, Actually, that's what I said. Before you get ready, you guys can... I don't know if you can draw it, because these are literally guards standing out here waiting, but you can nonchalantly put your hand on it ready to go. Or you could, you know, right. you can okay. have it just about ready to be drawn, should I say. Great. 
And I got a few rounds where I'm unarmed, but I can blend into the crowd, so I'm not in too much immediate danger, I would think. Unless some unless someone saw me drop the grenade. Well, for that, I would probably say do a um a stealth. Is it stealth? Yeah, stealth check. There's got to be modifiers with the the lights. Oh, huge and modifiers and huge stuff modifiers. like that. And and I I have a decent racial for stealth, but I don't have any trains. I don't have any levels in it, so it's like plus four. Yeah, a ten. Ugh. That's fine. I mean, seriously, unless you rolled like probably a five under or something, or like actually a five, you'd be fine. So again, there's so much going on in this club. No one really notices, at least from you can tell. You nonchalantly drop it, walk away. Unfortunately, it is a grenade, so it does not exactly oh go off like like a fire, but more like an explosion of smoke. And so it goes off, and suddenly everyone starts screaming, yelling. Some people think it's part of the atmosphere. They think it's part of the club, but some other people are freaked out. Those that are actually caught in it. Because it's actually uh, causes them to cough. It actually can cause damage to them. They have to take fortitude saves. So you see people actually caught in the smoke, um, trying to run out of it because it's not like fun smoke. All the other that's the fun smoke. This is the bad smoke. And you are on the edge of the smoke. So what do you do? I'm going to start yelling fire! Everyone get out! Okay, <laughs> that's illegal. That is illegal. I know. But hey, we're we are invading a gag headquarters. I'm sure they've done worse. In fact, they they did do worse. They killed our buddy. So exactly. yeah, I didn't fully think out the public panic aspect of this plan, but that's probably more of a bluff. Yeah, that's like a bluff check. But they do see. But they do see smoke. <laughs> are there they are could. there ready ad- actions? Are there ready actions in Starfinder? Yeah, but they work differently. You do them after everyone else goes. It's not before. It's oh, very different. Okay. There's no more like interrupting spellcasters. That's all gone. So I'm sorry. You said bluff. Yeah, bluff. Or yeah, just do bluff. Check. Yeah, it didn't work out so well. You did it too. So people. Well, here's the good news. The good news is. People start chanting, fire, 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 fire. They think it's like a club thing. They they don't really seem to yeah. like, take it very seriously. The roof is on fire. We don't need it. This was going so well. <laughs> on the other hand, hopefully it'll like confuse the people who actually need to be confused. Some people, yeah. Guards. So people that are actually in the smoke, they get out of it. They're coughing. They're coughing. Some of the wait staff, they're starting to investigate to see what's going on. Other people are all now chanting. The whole place is chanting, fire, fire, fire. This didn't quite go the way you expected. It sounds like more of a rave now than an actual panic. What do you do? I, I look over to Mo and, yeah. I, and, I, and, I, and I wink. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Basically, when the guards react, when they look in, like if there's like a window or something like that, Mo's going to make his move. You know, he's, he's going to pull the hammer out and knock one on the back of the head. I probably don't want to use the frag grenade next. <laughs> frag grenade, that. yes! No, I, I don't know that I have anything else I could do inside the club to help this along. Uh, if I think of anything, I'll certainly do it, but... I'd say come back towards us, get your gun. Did you leave your comm unit open? Yeah, that was the plan. Yeah, I was going to oh, leave yeah, my yeah. comm. Oh, open. then great. Uh, yeah, I'll let them know. Uh, this isn't going exact. The, the crowd's not reacting exactly as planned. Oh, plan B. Yeah, <laughs> plan Kill B. The the rush. <laughs> Mo, get in there. Let's do it. Here we go. Boop. Here we go. Right, well, some people are starting to leave, <laughs> but it's definitely oh, the minority combat. of uh, the minority of the people. But roll for combat. The flip side is I don't have a stampede on my conscience either, so... No attacks first, too. Did I get a uh, bonus Wonderful. or anything at you all? You have a 21 on your uh, initiative. So, yeah, Mo, you... Oh, the wow. guards appear to be a little surprised by you bum-rushing them right up to them, so they were more paying attention to hearing people now, like, leaving the club, and they were a little distracted. They do have their weapons at the ready. Like, they were literally holding clubs and have their hands next to their guns at all times. But you managed to sneak up on them a little, most. What do you do? Yeah, I know how that is having weapons ready. Okay, I'm gonna do a, uh, I'm gonna do a five foot step and and guarded step, guarded step, and then I'm gonna whack one on the head. 
Swing okay. batter. Well, good job. Rolling a seven. Oh, I rolled a two. Modified up to a seven. Mm. Oh, well, at least I've, I don't know, maybe I've distracted them. Yeah, so you distracted <laughs> them by you like, ha ha, let me hit you with nothing whatsoever. Tuttle's up. What do you do, Tuttle? Um, I am going to move to a position where I can see, are, are the doors like open slash clear slash I can see what's going on out in the outside? Well, you can't see the through doors. the smoke, so you kind of... No, I meant... Uh, you can't see through the smoke. Well, there's a wall There's there, a wall Jason, to your left. Too. You actually... Yeah, you can't get there without going through the smoke. You actually... Okay, well, I'll sort of bumble my way through the smoke. Okay, let me redo my... Let's say you end up there, like you kind of like walk through the smoke. Okay, so I want to be able to, if possible, I want to be able to see what's going on outside so I can give cheddar orders. At worst, if I can't do that, I'm going to at least keep an eye on the doors to the west and see if those guys come out. And so I can give our guys, so, so I can like kind of let a shout a warning or something. Okay, so you managed to um, go through the smoke. I will need to give you, you do have to take a fortitude save to not choke on the smoke, even though you were... I'll give you a little bit of bonus because you knew of it, so you like held your breath a little and prepared. Held my breath yeah, a little prepared bit, yeah. for it. You got a fifteen. That's fine. You actually are fine. You go through the smoke, and you. It takes your entire action, though. It's a full round to like move through the smoke and get to where you are. Well, so, I, I should have planned that better and stayed on this side of the smoke to begin with, but that was my mistake. Hello, G. Okay, I'm just trying to. Get, make sure I get this correct. As a full round action, I can move up to my speed and make an attack with melee weapon or special operative special property with any small arm. So I can do that, right? Yeah. Let's say you nonchalantly were holding okay. your weapon like on your side. Yeah, like to the side exactly. of my pistol. Okay, so um, I will move over there. Okay. And I'll shoot that one to the north. You're moving to the south. And then you're just going to do a regular shot, or are you going to do your operative thing? I know, I'm doing I'm doing my trick, my operative trick attack. Okay, so first roll. So let's refresh. Well, first roll your bluff. yeah, your bluff. I mean, uh, south. South. Yeah. South. Well, oh wow, twenty two. So yeah, there yeah. she's that, 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 that works. she's like nice. all bluffed out. She's like, huh? So she's flat footed. Yeah. So that's yeah, it's the slickness of it. So that's so flat footed means what exactly? Uh, plus, you get a yeah. She gets a minus two. You get a plus two basically. So um, you're shooting with your laser pistol. Yes. You hit with a wow seventeen twenty, and you do two points of damage plus an extra one d four because sneak attack. D four. <laughs> one one point extra. Nice roll. Man, these level one weapons are mighty crappy. Yeah. Rusty Kata. You are up. Well, assuming I also had one weapon out sort of surreptitiously at my That's side. That you like surreptitiously um, had it where they weren't facing you on your right. Because you have you actually have weapons on both sides, so you could do that. Yeah. Well let me as a move action, I will take my other weapon out. Uh, but with a standard action, I will shoot him with the one I originally had. What is your other weapon? Another pistol. Are you double fisting? Can you do I, I will eventually be double fisting, just not this round. Well. Okay, and I rolled a four. Yeah, okay. You wow. uh, you do better at talking than you do shooting. <laughs> Clearly. If you're going to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. That's a harsh indictment. That's a good reference. No one gets mm. that reference. Oh, I know that one. Yeah. Blondie! Yeah, the guard exactly. that was actually hit by Hanaroji and also hit, or not hit by Rusty, like realized, they're shooting at us! She says that. She has her club in her hand. She actually walks up to... Brought a club to a gunfight. Yes, pretty much. She walks up to Mo and tries to hit you with the club. Yeah, good luck with that. Uh, I like our tank. Well, she hits you with the club. <laughs> she rolled a 14 17, 17. you know that's your armor class it's your kac seven yeah i know that really sucks i know Our armor uh, classes are weak hold on there's got to be some negatives in there uh and then the other one who you tried to hit she's like you swing at me i'm beating you down sucker a crit wow 11 seriously? points of 11. damage I'm 
I'm half dead. All right. Well, that sucks. Um, yeah. Well, that's, that really that's actually the maximum she could have done is 12. She did 11 to you. Oh, may I interest you in a techno mage? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's see what happens. Mo is up. Will Mo survive this fight? Will Mo be a techno mage next episode? Will everybody be a techno mage next episode? Find out next week on Roll for Combat. On techno mages. <laughs> Roll for Combat featuring techno mages. Yeah. yeah, stay tuned for Here Come the Techno Mages. Roll for Technomage. So it doesn't look good for the gang. I'm not even sure if they're going to get past the front door. This might be a very short podcast and we'll start a different adventure after this. However, I wanted to do something a little different this podcast. We often talk for a good hour or so before and after the show. So what I did is I kept some of that banter in. I thought you guys would find it interesting. This was actually recorded a couple of weeks ago before the actual Alien Archive came out. So we weren't exactly sure how monsters and creatures were built. So that's why there's a little confusion when you listen to the after show banter. We also have our contest giveaway. And we are going to pull out a random person who submitted a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Facebook. And if you're called, you get a $25 Amazon gift card. Just contact us and you will get it. And this one is from Phil, Roll for Combat fan. And he seems to like the show. And congratulations, Phil. Just write us and you will win 25 bucks. Don't forget, try to enter. Tell your friends to enter. Like the show. Follow us on Twitter. You can go to Discord and see all the pictures from the episode. If you have any ideas for the show, please send them along. If you have questions, we'll answer them. And with that, let's get to the fun little banter of how these characters might die. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's like, yeah, these crits. That's one thing about Starfinder. The crits are brutal. Brutal. Well, we need a market correction because we're getting critted way more than we've never. I've never rolled a crit, and I've already had two put on me. Um, It's just a D20. I mean, yeah. well, yeah, there's no. Well, right. also now, especially because there's, no conf- there's no confirmation. That was just bad luck because right. it's a D. Well, actually, it's a, it's a D6 plus two. So it actually could have been eight it could have been much worse it could have been 16 points of damage so it actually wasn't even max damage so yeah it's just but then at the same time when a you club yeah yeah club that's that's just uh, with the, the club. club i know is, yeah that's and you guys all missed well the good it's, news is yeah I you're did. still not dead you can't well okay for what it's worth and this hasn't happened yet you don't die. Like if you die, you'll go down, and then unless they decide to, tr- okay, that's not true. If they crit you again and they actually go past your hit points, you die. So that's actually bad. So like if you have ten hit points and then they actually do like twenty points of damage to you, so it goes past your hit points and what do you have left, then you do die. So that that's a danger. Oh wait, what what was your stamina? His stamina. He actually doesn't have a ton of stamina. Mo has eight stamina and thirteen hit points. All right. So if it does the eight stamina and then it and then his hit points go to zero, then he's dead. No, he's unconscious. And, okay. And then so you use a resolve like, point to stabilize, and then you can use another resolve point to do where you, you have to do it in two turns. You actually healed one point of damage, and then you can still keep fighting. So oh, I'll put it this way. Good thing you got some of them healing kits. That's all I'm going to be saying. So, mm-hmm. well, yeah, that's yeah. That was yeah, I, th- these clubs do D six. Yeah, apparently makes, up to twelve. D six plus two. Okay, no, no, no. D6 so the way three. no, this is how. Wait, wait, yeah. this is important. Uh, sort of. The, okay, right. monsters in Starfinder universe do not work. Okay. Start with Pathfinder. Long story short, they changed the way monsters are built. It's I forgot what it's called, but there's actually a secondary way, and this is actually how D and D does it too. It's not based on like okay, the old way is you'd actually have to build the monsters exactly. So like a level three envoy would be a level three envoy, and so forth. That's not how it works in Starfinder. So you can get pluses to bo- to your attacks and and um, and uh, saves based on your class, your skill, your role. 
So like you can be a role of a spellcaster and then you have different skills or you can be a role of a soldier and have different skills. So it's not, it's also to prevent what's called loot uh, monkeys where, okay, you make a very strong PC NPC, you kill them and then you get all their loot. Right. It can't be, it can't be that the PC, that the NPC is strong because it has a big gun. It's got to be like, it's got to be their intrinsic ability. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it solves a lot right. of problems. It, first of all, it takes only 10 minutes to make monsters. Like for us, it's not a big a deal, but you'll hear the developers like, look, it can take us, they spend more time on monster stat blocks than anything else. And then these things are dead in three rounds. That's the average is three rounds. And they're like, look, it takes a lot of our time. It's a huge waste. And then we have to give these monsters tons of things. So this just takes care of it. Also, you can build them very fast. Right. And also you can make things very powerful without giving them insane loot that you then steal. So that's something just keep right. in mind. Like it's going to keep happening. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's just the that way they're doing yeah, it, and it, it makes sense, good, especially for NP. Like well, especially for this, because in the Starfinder universe, you're going to be fighting a lot of humanoids. If there was all monsters, who cares? Because you can just make it have a tentacle that can rip you in half. But you can't have everyone running around with like plus three laser rifles. You know, it's just it just will break the game too quickly. Yeah, yeah. not at especially at level one. Yeah, they do more damage. That makes sense. But remember, sense. I said that when we were talking to Thirsty, monsters hit hard in this game. Like they hit way harder than in Pathfinder. They also, you know, because there's no iterative attacks. That's the other thing. Like he, they only attacked you once. Yeah. If they had iterative attacks, it would have been very different. So. And they, have, but they also, I don't think, get all these layers of hit points. Like they don't have stamina that we can refresh. You know, like they have hit point, then they go down and zero. It would make sense to me that 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 monsters don't. I realize in Starfinder monsters crit, but it would make more sense to me that monsters don't crit because crit is something that you want to give to someone to make you know make them feel you know super powerful. You know, as a monster, you know, there's that should just kind of be built yeah. into their average damage. So you don't have this very wide swing of damage that now the players have to accommodate for, you know, it's just, it's, it's just always been part of these games. So always. So I hope you all enjoyed that. If you like this banter, we put some of these up on the Patreon page where we just sort of talk about stuff, sort of extras. And once again, we'll see you next week on Roll for Combat. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Starfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at rollforcombat.com or drop us a line at contact at rollforcombat.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Discord, and other social media platforms. listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember that Mountain Dew is not one of the four food groups. <laughs>